0: everyone, welcome and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is episode 154 of Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments. As you heard in the introduction, this is my corner of the internet, where I bring you the best experts in the Amazon and e-commerce space, depending on the topic we're covering for the day. So if you're new to the show, thanks for tuning in. Uh, This is an interactive show. If you are watching us live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter, or if you listen later on, on our on your favorite podcast destination you can actually ask your questions and we'd be more than happy to connect you with our guests or just our staff where we can answer those questions that you might have about the topics we cover on a day-to-day basis today's uh today's uh guest and topic is no exception we have a great topic in store for you today um but before we get to that want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor ping pong payments ping pong payments No, not a table tennis company. No, not something that we are a competitive sports agency. We are a cross-border payments solution. What that means for you as an Amazon or e-commerce seller, if you're listening to this, if you're expanding internationally or globally, your brand, you're accepting different denominations and different currencies from all around the world. You need to consolidate into one currency that you need to use on a day-to-day basis, whether it's paying out your employees, your manufacturers, or distributors, make it easier to receive funds around the world with ping pong payments you can do that by signing up for free and signing up with an account um, at ping pong go ahead and check out the comments in the uh, show notes below or the comment section and you can click on that link and sign up for free today it's easy to get going it's easy to save money and especially in an industry where margins are getting squeezed out by logistics and sourcing and all the prices are going up you want to be able to have control over one sector and that's fees you can do that with ping pong payments Ping Pong Payments, go ahead and sign up for free today. That being said, our topic, if you're new to the show, again, we cover anything from sourcing logistics, we kind of touched on a little bit right there to marketing, advertising, imagery, uh, so on and so forth. And because of the ever evolving industry, we're talking about how do you stand out to an audience? And of course, that can come with the definition of conversion rate optimization, helping turn traffic into profit. That's the definition of CRO or conversion rate optimization, turning your traffic that you're driving to your direct-to-consumer store, to your listing, whatever that might be, into a sale or revenue. Um, so what's the trick? Is it a strategy? Is, it, is there luck to it? Is there something else that we might be missing? Is there just eyeballs if it, if it's throwing money at it for ads and whatnot? How do you get people to convert higher uh, with a higher rate? So we we're going to be talking about a little bit today. And of course, your questions are always Welcome, when you uh, come to the show, just put them in the comment section and we can get those answered today. But that being said, our guest today is Drew Hemel of PCR. Um, PCR, Drew has actually started uh, uh, in 2007 when he was 23 years old teaching himself web design and at six years uh, became the second highest grossing franchise in the world out of 1,500 different companies. And he rebranded the agency to now what is now PCR in 2012. Um, over his time doing that, he's worked with early early stage uh, startups like uh Dose uh Mud slash WTHR or WTR, excuse me, and Vive Oregon over organizing help. That's a word in itself. Um organ- it chief helping. I'm gonna say that again live. This is why I butcher it. Um and then Los Angeles Chargers there in Los Angeles. Uh everyone knows that if you're an NFL or National Football League fan, uh, getting them started in a new city. So with that being said. He is an active investor and advisor, having worked with the likes of, get this, SpaceX, Calm and Seed, very fascinating companies and very well-known companies around the world. I believe SpaceX just sent up their first civilian astronauts, I believe it's yesterday um, or last night, whatever that might be. So that being said, he's worked with them in terms of uh, those companies and his views on entrepreneurship have been covered in the likes of USA Today, Wall Street Journal, and of fox news welcome to crossover commerce drew himmel of pcr drew welcome to and thank you for spending some time here in my corner of the internet
1: yeah absolutely happy to uh be here thanks so much and thanks for the kind introduction
0: no of course uh i this is what i do as a host and maybe this is if you have your own podcast or a webinar or whatever you do reading other people's resumes are so fascinating to me because of what they feel uh, you know, the, the splash page, I call it, if you will, the splash introduction. Those are some heavy hitters they've worked with. So congrats on doing that. Is there something that you've ever had, like a pinch me moment or like, wow, they're coming and approaching me. And uh, that, that's kind of a, a, an honor, but also maybe I, you expected that, right? Like that's what you wanted to get to according to your bio. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, you definitely mentioned one of them. Um, you know, I, I think every dream as a as a kid, is to do something in sports, and so uh, getting the opportunity to work with the Chargers uh, was—it was a pretty unprecedented situation. Um, here you are with a multi-billion-dollar organization and a huge, huge—you uh, know—sports league that everybody knows that is really a startup um, in a lot of ways because they moved from San Diego to LA. They were really the only game in town. And then the the Los Angeles move. They didn't have a fan base. They didn't have anything that they could really draw uh, draw upon. And they were in the second largest market in in the country, uh, and with eleven other professional sports teams to to compete, uh, along with all the other fun things to do in LA. So, you know, we we had the challenge of how do you grow the brand? Uh, how do you start to build and, and strengthen relationships in the community. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately, how do you sell tickets? And so that was two years of my life. Um, and yeah, being a football fan and, and you know, watching and and, and participating in like fantasy football and things like that, uh, to be able to go and, and be working out of their uh, office and seeing all the players and the coaches and, and then seeing the product on the field and being able to participate, knowing that you had some small, part in bringing those fans into the stadium was, uh, you know, I would definitely say a pinch me, you know, kind of moment was something that was pretty, pretty special that I'm really grateful for.
0: Well, see, you, you've touched on my background too, a little bit, uh, before I got into back into e-commerce, I'll say I took a departure for a little bit. I worked for the Indiana Pacers and Indiana Fever here in Indianapolis where I'm at. So, uh, as an entertainment person or as a sports person, I can, well, I can definitely, understand the value of competing with localized markets right uh nfl you have the indianapolis colts you have uh minor league soccer and baseball and whatnot but working with the wnba specifically that was a challenge in itself of hey how do we get people to get their eyeballs especially in the summer market when you don't think of basketball. How do I get people to the stands and how do I get people to cheer for products that, you know, might not be, uh, their, their first thing, their first choice or whatnot, but it was super fun to, to work with players. Uh, the, the marketing staff, of course, uh, staff and operations to see behind the scenes and really made me, uh, appreciate, uh, all, all the hard work it takes to go on and put a product on the field again for NFL. Now it's what nine, uh, nine home games, eight home games. They've changed it up on me uh, yeah. recently. They had one game. So home and away, it might be one more or one less, but the branding of itself for the in uh, the second largest audience was that something you were always trying to push for with your agency of hey let's bid on this or how did how did that come about I'm really curious.
1: Yeah, it's 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 funny. Um, I mean, I've never still to this day, which is kind of crazy, made a cold call. Uh, so a lot of our growth has been organic referral, um, whether that be through clients or strategic partners, and so uh had a friend uh that was connected with the cfo and they were uh just looking to find you know in a lot of ways the the smartest and the brightest in their respective space and um i I promise i didn't bribe them but my name came up and so uh you know i think we we connected and it started off as a really really small project they wanted uh some conversion optimization some ux on their uh, new site uh, so I you know took a look and and you know it was supposed to just be a few days. I was working out of the office with with my agency, and I was living in New York at the time. and then it it just kept growing where uh, you know we were really the digital strategy lead and, and marketing working with uh, we were running, you know, we were a quarterback uh, for the for the analogy there with the football uh, of about eight other agency you know kind of partners. So we were really making sure that all the, the media spend, all the moving parts were you know, kind of together. So yeah, it was just a fortunate thing where, um, yeah, we, we, we got the referral from, from a friend and, and then we were off to the races. Um, uh, took about two years of my life. I ended up moving from New York to LA, uh, to you wow. know, run that account, but yeah, it's something I'll never forget.
0: Well, it's fantastic. Well, congrats on the success. And obviously, uh, now operating in the most expensive arenas and the stadium is fantastic we'll be hosting a Super Bowl so I'm assuming they'll be calling you up hopefully in the future with other projects that they, they might have but that being said uh we'll kind of go back to the e-commerce route always fascinating to hear people's uh, subjects. so uh for your your agency pcr it's very much like a, a driving traffic and, and getting more profit right that can be in yeah. many different facets of services products um, any kind of solutions or consulting, like uh, non tangible or uh, you know solid goods. That being said, is that is that how you guys stand in the market of how you position yourself? Of at some point, you're trying to drive people to opt into or um, purchase or any sort of um, make them do an activity with your company. That's what you guys excel at, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the the story arc is I, I did start the the company at. at 23, it was a a, a franchise that my, my dad was actually doing some consulting. And the whole idea was, if you don't really know anything about internet marketing, that you could purchase this franchise, uh, somewhere that you could have like a, you know, a Subway or McDonald's, um, uh, and they would give you, you know, the the digital marketing expertise with production centers. And so um, my, my dad was like, Hey, I think this internet thing is going to be big. Um, would just be of interest to you and was able to negotiate a deal, you know, kind of with me to to purchase it without having to, I took over uh, a failed, you know, kind of license. And so quickly, you know, grew that, taught myself how to, you know, uh, code and read SEO for dummies and was just doing a little bit of everything. You know, at the time it was convincing people not to advertise on the yellow pages and the need to even build a website. So we've seen <laughs> a lot of evolutions and it was stressful. And, you know, I think keeping up with Google and the algorithm. And then, you know, at one point we were writing 350 blogs for clients and trying to just do social media. It really was like, we were a jack of all trades, master of none. And so we decided, I, I decided it was like, all right, what can I control and what do I know? And ultimately that is, uh, if you have a lot of traffic or you have a lot of customers or you have a large email database, well, if I can get really, really good at that, um, it eliminates a lot of these variables that exist in the digital you know, kind of marketing world. It was just too much to keep up with. And so we did that uh, about 10 years ago, uh, came across HubSpot, which really fit in nicely, uh, you know, kind of with that. And we became, um, a, a partner of theirs and it just, the light went on because they were focusing so much, not on like, you know, this tactic or what you're doing, but more around, um, is this traffic? Um, are these emails um, actually driving revenue? Uh, you know, for your business and, and being able to quantify that. So uh, we became a partner of theirs. We we actually were the fastest uh, agency out of about uh, close to four thousand to reach platinum status. Um, and um, yeah, it, it it really kind of took off from there, where we we focused on uh, you know your owned audience. We didn't touch SEO anymore. We didn't touch PPC. Uh, you know, social media. We only did, um, you know, UX or conversion rate optimization with email marketing, and now SMS has been a really big channel. And the 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 transition to e-commerce was really natural because you can track every single you know thing that's happening in that business. Uh, there's no, in a lot of ways, offline that's uh, you know happening. And so, yeah, we 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 work with really fast growing e-commerce brands that have figured out their product market fit. And and find ways that we can drive you know more value, more profitability uh, for the business off of their existing audience, website traffic, email database, uh, you know, customers. Um, and and we do that through your website, email, and SMS, you know, primarily.
0: Absolutely, and I and I think that this is something that's so fascinating fascinating to me because as a marketing person, as a salesperson, as like a data geek, um, maybe you can relate to this is when someone comes to market and they say, "I have a great product or an idea or service." That's fantastic. And if it does fit a niche, awesome. But there's always room for improvement, right? There's always ways to get people to actually push them over the edge and say, yes, now is the time to either purchase, whether that is a discount, a coupon, um, that build of trust and need that you have to have this product in your life at this moment or service at this moment and making sure that you're always constantly open to people who opt in to that niche. That being said, optimization is a, how do you take it from 0 to you know 100% it's how do you take it from 80% to 90% and right? it's that, it's that finding that that miss if they if they will of what what can we do better so that being said when people come to you wh- what are those things that right away that might be shocked in here of like this is what you can do better
1: yeah, I I think you're 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 absolutely right and you know for us I I I talk a lot around low hanging fruit um and and so there's a lot of easy things that can be um implemented pretty quickly you know on the on on the business. So one and 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 what I always say and I always kind of start because I do find people overcomplicate this our our industry has a lot of acronyms and a lot of like technical speak but you know at at, at the end of the day it's You're dealing with people that have the attention span of a second grader and usually the the reading level of like a you know kind of a fourth grader so it's really simple uh messaging and reducing friction is the name of the game that's how you really want to think about it and i think a lot of people get caught up on you know the website of oh we're gonna have this carousel and this animated gif and this flashing and ultimately what you're doing is detracting from the experience. I mean, we we have right. heat map tracking on all of our client sites and we can actually show them, uh, you know, the, the rotating carousel or rotating banner where they're about to, you know, add the item to their cart and then it rotates and then they leave, you know, they go back over to the, uh, the banner and then they leave. And so, um, you know, I, I think first and foremost, it's just making it very simple and easy to do the things that you want them to do. Uh, subscribe to your email, uh, add the, pr- uh, product to the, you know, kind of cart and then ultimately make that purchase. And so, you know, kind of for us, uh, some, some easy things that we identify are, and you, you can't treat every user the same, uh, a new user versus a returning, uh, should be a little bit different and they're going to have a different path on how they make that purchase. So for a returning user, they might come to the homepage, they see the best-selling product, they've already purchased it. Just let them add it to cart. You'll be surprised if you look at a lot of your e-commerce stores uh, where it's on the homepage, they see the product, They there's nowhere to add it, so they have to click on it. Then they go to the product page and then maybe they add it or even sometimes they take like a, an an extra step. Well, every step you're uh, uh, introducing is reducing the likelihood of conversion pretty significantly. Um, and so make it easy to find your products, make it easy to add those products to uh you know the um you know the cart and then you know making that purchase is, is is definitely one that we've identified that's really easy to do and um uh makes a huge difference as it relates to conversion. Uh two right. yeah sorry go ahead.
0: Oh no I was gonna say it's like going through a door, right? Like at so many times like you're tired of like opening a door. Like it might be sticky like or it might be easy to go through but you're just tired of looking for what you need to get to and otherwise it will just abandon. So uh I make that an analogy and I think it's I think that's so hard, like people make it, like you said, shiny object syndrome. It's cool to have all these flashy, like things pop up and, and uh, distract you, but ultimately you wanted to kind of create that pathway that's least resistance in order to get for you to the end result, So, which is purchasing your product. So anyways, go ahead and number two, I apologize for that.
1: No, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you're a hundred percent right. And, you know, I think for, for us, we're just, we're seeing that time and time again. And you just, I think, brand owners get so caught up and it's understandable. There's so many different aspects of moving parts of the business, but it's does the customer fundamentally want this? And if they do, how do we make it as easy as possible for them to get it? Uh, And and a lot of times that just gets lost in translation, you know, kind of along the way. Um, And so, you know, I I think another, you know, element that we focus a lot on is, you know, I talked about new versus returning. So when we're looking at analytics or anything, we are, Separating the two and seeing the different paths and seeing where there might be drop off and not treating the same. Another simple one is mobile versus desktop. Um, you know, we, we don't want to design experiences uh, just for one or the other. The, they need to be both. And so, one experiment that we just did, you know, kind of recently was, you know, have a desktop pop up, which you know, uh, you know, enter your email for a ten percent to twenty percent discount. Uh, is a very very effective way to capture them because they might not be ready to buy now but you you know email is a huge huge uh, you know driver of revenue for a lot of our clients as high as 30 forty percent uh, and so you want to be able to capture that as simple as possible but what we started to do is implement one for mobile and one for desktop and they would be different and it's little things of just making the button a little bit bigger you know you know on mobile you're usually on your thumb um, and so you know we 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 always you know kind of internally joke it's okay how does this work for the fat thumb you know and it, it's kind of getting in that mindset because it is exactly uh, you know difficult and so we we did that for a client and their conversion rate on that pop-up went from four percent which is still great like you know i think if we just fantastic. at fantastic well, yeah we're doing great it went up to 14 percent just by wow. making it you know larger font um a little bit easier to you know kind of click that button uh and be able to put it in place and so you know, I think when we're in, and then another one in that same vein on the mobile is the what we call a sticky add to cart. Uh, so if you're scrolling on mobile and you think about it, you see the product, you're like, okay, but maybe you want to read some reviews or see some features. Okay. Once you've done that, a lot of brands now make it where you have to scroll all the way back up to add it to the cart. Well, if it's sticky, it just follows them along and, and is, makes it really simple to be able to do. We see conversion <laughs> increase by half a percent or a percent uh, just by doing that, you know, and that doesn't take much development. It's pretty easy to you know kind of put in place. But, you know, those are some items when we think about um, designing experiences for uh, the user. New versus returning, you want to differentiate from, and then mobile versus desktop, you want to differentiate from. You know as well so those are some simple things that i think you can implement um on your site without rehauling it or you know doing a lot of development or you know kind of things like that
0: yeah i like that on the on the right hand side when you mean sticky for the for the for the listener out there if you don't understand that so it'd be just like almost like hovering at the car along the side whether it be the right hand side or at the bottom of said mobile device something easy where it's again you're not scrolling there's lots of content that people are putting on their product page again Um, You look at Amazon; it it feels like it can go on forever, literally, until you get to the reviews section. Uh, But sometimes it's always confusing to to know that um, people might get to a certain section again. Like, oh, scrolling is not that big of a deal. Um, Like you said, it it cuts down on the time; it cuts it maybe easier. Like they found what they needed, moving on, and they want to purchase it at that moment um, as well. So, very fascinating in terms of that regards. If you're going direct to consumer, is there tactics in terms of along the way when you should introduce like upselling features or um let the product shine on itself or how are you how are you trying to optimize that kind of path if you will
1: yeah no that's a great question um and and i think again the a a common mistake that we see is the ceo or the you know the head of e-commerce or the cmo or whoever's really you know kind of in charge is like uh, I don't like pop-ups, so they don't do them. Um, uh, you know, we're we're fighting with one of our clients right now. We're like, you know, we're we're seeing as high as like five percent of your revenue coming just from that pop-up, but he doesn't like it. And so, you know, for us, we want uh, so not designing the experience just for what you want, but really thinking about it a little bit more holistically. And so, another one does come up of like, oh, let's just let the product stand by itself. You know, we don't want to like blast them and feel like we're a used car salesman with like upsells or cross sells. And, and, and so for us, uh, we we love the idea of and and we see this time and time again, of, you know, recommended products or upsell and then a one click add to cart just make it super simple, really easy for them to be able to do. We're seeing average order value um, on your cart, go up by 20-30% by just making that really, you know, pretty prominent, easy to do, and look, if they don't want to do it, they don't. It's not like we're making them, you know, um, sign a contract in blood and saying, "Okay, you got to commit to this." Just by seeing it, uh, and so you know, we 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 have a lot of uh, success with that as well. And it's again, the one click. Like, don't make it where uh, we see this a lot. They see the uh, the recommended product. And the only option is to go back to the product page to then add it to your cart. You you're just causing extra steps. Like, right. just make it super simple, easy to do. Um, you know, there's a lot of logic that Shopify builds that you can, <clears throat> you know, kind of build that directly. So that that's very simple and something that we're implementing. Uh, I'd say, you know, kind of uh, across the board, just because if it's not there, again, low hanging fruit. We know it's going to increase revenue. It's going to without. And the name of the game for us is how do we increase revenue without having to spend more money on paid media and and, and marketing and things of that nature. So yeah, that that's another Absolutely. super simple way to uh, you know kind of increase uh, you know kind of uh, revenue just off of you know that that one user alone.
0: Right, like you said, attention span is so short for people nowadays, and any sort of ad, but even on a product page. Uh, What's the old adage? Uh, old adage of if you're, you won't get a yes if you don't ask first. So if you're not asking people to consider that product, uh, they're never going to say yes in the first place. They're not just going to naturally up- upsell themselves. Uh, I think that'd be silly. <laughs> um, that that'd be a really nice customer to have, but that's that's not the case for the general public. So obviously enhancements in that regards. Um, is there when I when I'm first developing a, a site, is there is there the basic necessity or is there like a tried and true how do i how should i structure a page in order so that it makes people define what they're looking for quick and um effective because obviously um i, I asked for this distinction because lots of our listeners are amazon sellers it's kind of a built for you process of this is how it's laid out like you can't you don't yeah. have many options on how to ebb and flow and uh, but get creative with it um shopify you actually do you have that ability to really make your funnel uh basically look and feel how the way you want to with your brand is there like a maybe try and true way of this is successful when you have these on like your top banners or a top uh, hero image and then you go into like your tabs and whatnot. Is there is there a way to that you can help our listener out if they're trying to build that, that first Shopify store, if you will?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's. It can be overwhelming to your, to your point, like Amazon has a template. uh, You, you plug it in, here's the images and this, you know, kind of the slider and what you need to do here's where you put your description. Um, And so what we see a lot uh, that it's a balance of content and commerce. And so you do, you know, what is differentiating uh, your, your product. So the, the, about us having that on the homepage, usually a little bit farther down, like for us, again, we're, we're big advocates of a pop-up, um, you know, but not take over the whole screen, just make it where it's there, offering them a discount, uh, getting them into your, uh, you know, email database. So that, then if they're not ready to buy, you can start to, you know, control that communication and that relationship. So having that in place, turning that on, um, whether through like a clavio or a Privy or, you know, something pretty simple to set up and, and, and put in place. Uh, on the main banner, um, usually there's some you know, kind of USP, you know, unique, uh, you know, selling proposition, who Who are you, you know, people are looking left to right of like, you know, how do they get there? So they get there, look at your logo, okay, what's the brand? Um, you know, what are you doing? And why are you different? You know, so if you can get those three, and you know, five, sec- five to seven seconds or less, uh, uh, you're gonna already stand out, you know, pretty quickly, because again, that short attention span. And so that that's like, above the fold. You know, we we do a lot of the heat map tracking. You're still losing roughly about forty um, percent of your traffic when they have to scroll down. So it's something to keep in mind. You want to make it prominent. You want to make it above the fold of all the really relevant information. That's why mm-hmm. people do the carousel or the banners. They're like, well, we have so many products and this, and so we just want to cycle through. But again, it can negatively impact uh, conversion just by trying to fit in all of that in the real estate, you know, side of it. So you have to. Really land on like what are the core elements? What is the message that you want to get across? So that um, becomes you know it's that blink test. uh, If you ever do it, it's an easy way. Even with like friends, uh, you're building a site, you know, uh, have them you know come on the site, open their eyes for three seconds, close it, and say okay, what did you recall? What did you remember? And see what kind of like stands out. It's a really neat way to see you know, and you'll be kind of shocked. But it's just a a very easy way to do your own you know kind of user research or you know kind of testing there um and then you know as you go down like about us a little bit of the story your top selling products um, uh, so that you can do a lot of the work you know already for them and then you know reviews or validation of like media uh if you can get that on the home page and it doesn't all have to be above the fold but as they're scrolling right. down um i think you're like 80 to 90 percent of the way there you know to be honest um uh then there's other things that you can kind of like tweak along the way and Look, leverage templates that Shopify's given you. Um, there are a lot, but they they've done a lot of testing on what works, what doesn't, and then just track. You know, have everything to see. Where's your conversion rate? Where's your pop-up? Where you know the, those different you know kind of metrics that uh, you can you know, kind of get up set up in like a Google Analytics or you know a clay view.
0: Absolutely. Well, and that, that's the thing too is uh, you. The tough thing about uh, Shopify is again, it's almost, it's a blank canvas, right? You have to, you basically create it yourself. You have to go through it all and you're driving traffic to it. Um, but from a customer's mentality of who you are, what you do, what you're good at, all, all has to hit you quickly or you're abandoning, bending ship. Like, right. That's your, your chance to get one new customer, um, that found you, whether it was an ad or Um, through Google and through Google or whatever that service might be that you're driving people to your website. You only have that, that one shot. So it's super important to like really hit them quickly in that regards. Um, With with that being said, in converting them, so you have people in your system and you're going through like uh, you said right away, if you can get them in your email system, they might not be ready right now, but you want that person to not be wasted uh, opting into giving you their information. What is that? What is that? Timing and way that you were still to cultivating that relationship of saying like, Hey, thanks for subscribing. Let us kind of like build you up and butter you up until you're ready to make that purchase. And when you're ready to purchase, you're going to think of us first. So what are yeah. those tips you have for us?
1: So, um, we're, we're huge, huge, uh, proponents of nailing your, your welcome series. And so they subscribe, um, and then we, uh, we'll put them into an automated flow. We, we see. Uh, this being a driver of like twenty percent of your total email revenue off of this one series, and so it's really critical to nail. And you know, the, the the template usually is anywhere from three to five emails in that series, where the first one, it's just like anything. You're you're starting to uh, introduce yourself to this uh, this user, um, and so you know, tell them a little bit about the brand and remind them of the discount, if, you know, the code that uh, you gave them, if that was part of the incentive for them to sign up. And so, you know, is there a little bit of the story? Is there a little bit of like, you know, kind of a welcome, you know, don't try and, you know, get married on the first date, you know, type of deal. And so that's the first one that we typically recommend. And so you're telling the brand story, you're giving them a gentle reminder of the code, you know, a little bit about what's going on. And then on the second email, and you can wait, you know, anywhere from one to three days, test it out, see where open rate, click-through rate, you know, uh, unsubscribes are, you know, kind of happening and, then you know, modify. But that's where you really want to start talking about, um, you know, the the top selling products, uh, having reviews for like the validation. Uh, and again, have maybe that gentle reminder, even though you might be like, oh, we've already told them, look, we, we're getting inundated with messages and you know brands and, and things like that so a gentle reminder is always really really helpful and then the third is like more of uh you know uh not i would say like last chance or ditch but you want to you know still be you know nurturing the relationship but it could be a little bit more bottom of the funnel you know type of sales um and so that that's like a great way to establish a relationship um you know get into that more of like surprise delight validate who you are build some credibility. Um, and it's just a huge, huge driver of, uh, revenue, um, you know, kind of off of that one series alone, uh, when they maybe aren't ready to buy when they initially, you know, kind of make that purchase.
0: Um, Is there, is there like a video introduction or maybe like something that, because again, people don't, you, you said it earlier, people don't read or they read at a very low level is it do we see more conversions happening if the, uh, well, like a, a video introduction is maybe had or inserted or does that feel like a t- little too aggressive at first
1: yeah because you can't embed the video directly in the email so they're they're having to go back and 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 watch it on the site so you are kind of taking them away uh we we sure. have had actual success in animated gifs just to uh there's a um a client or not a client one of my recent investments that i thought did a really really good job it's called spark grills it's uh if you're uh um you know if you love grilling and the charcoal taste but don't want to deal with the pain and hassle of cleanup and get it started they've set out to, to solve that um so uh it's all it's electric they have these bricks it's up and running in like 20 seconds or actually three seconds and then uh the cleanup's like you just dump out the, the brick afterwards. So it's really cool. Um, but what how I got involved with them was I bought the product and I just loved their user onboarding from an email. I was like, who is doing this? It's so good. And the unboxing, and then they had like the concierge service if you had, they call them their grill masters. If you had questions, they were there. You could even book uh, on Calendly like 15 minutes to talk about the experience. And, and then they used animated gifs to show you the unboxing like step-by-step. Step. So it was just like,
0: Wow. It,
1: it, it, I was like, um, you know, it, it works so well. Not only did I buy the product, but I ended up, you know, investing in the company too, just because I thought they did such an incredible job of like welcoming me to the brand and what's going on. Uh, and so, and then they had a whole video, like how to on their site that they did, you know, kind of link to as well. Um, so that that was just like a, an example that really stood out to me of uh, nailing um, you know, the community aspect, the 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 content, uh, the communication and just the overall user experience.
0: Well, that, I guess that's an age old question, right Drew, of when we're talking about ultimately why people are buying from us, is it now more than ever that people are buying into a brand or the, the feeling of what they're buying from instead of just the tangible product? Like for example, I mean, brand and product can always tie together but in an age when there's so many new companies there's so much product out there it might be a little bit different but how they stand out are people buying brand first then product second or are they do you think it's more still that product and then they get won over by the brand? like what what I, do you think we're, we're moving think, towards
1: i think we're moving to me so there's the the commoditization what amazon's done you know it's like i can You know, all the, you know, whether it be a toothbrush or paper towels or like household, like I can order it on my phone uh, and, you know, think about it and have it, you know, even for me, if I like, do I want to go to the grocery store or do I just want to buy this and have it, you know, that day or the next day? So there's that convenience factor. And and I don't think a brand that is building something on Shopify hopes to even compete with that. And so how do you differentiate yourself? Um, I think Amazon is all around convenience and, and commodity where they struggle is around brand and community. And so the way that you can stand out um, and you've seen a lot of these D C, you know, these direct to consumer brands, you know, pay the, the design branding agency like a boatload of money and it's like a cool, sexy brand. That's okay. I, I think it can help. But where you really need to differentiate is, is is the community aspect, and so you know I think uh, that can be built through content, that can be built through uh, experiences, that can be built through you know kind of that that, that surprise and, and and delight where there is a little bit of um, you know that product differentiation. But you know I, I just don't think you're going to be able to compete with Amazon when it comes to convenience and technology. Uh, there's just no way. Uh, you brand will get you. A, so far, but look, um, someone else can go and do it. S- stand up a Shopify store, you know, in a you know a few days, and, and be right there with you. And so, I do believe that um, uh, community, you know, retention, life cycle marketing, whatever you want to, uh, you know, uh, talk about, is a huge, huge uh, way to differentiate. Um, and I think you're starting to see brands now where they're building private Facebook groups or private Slack communities. Um, and the the customers are actually able to uh, be a part of the product ideation and like, what do they want to see? And then in, in turning what could normally be a, a complaint into uh, you know, something really constructive, I, I think, you know, Glossier did such an incredible job with Emily Weiss and it's all started with Into the Gloss and it was a blog and a community. And she's now got these like fervent fans that, you know the the big you know apples of the world are you know going and buying the product just because of the brand, but the brand is the community and what they're able to you know kind of build around it. So um, we're seeing all types of you know uh, even chief customer officer or head of community, uh, you know things like that are propping up everywhere in the in the e-commerce space because um, it's it's one of the only ways you really can you know kind of differentiate and separate yourself because you're just, yeah you're not going to do it with Amazon on shipping and you know, check out or, you know, kind of any of those other things, uh, just because there's, you know, they've invested billions of dollars and, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees to, you know, kind of right. solve that problem. So well,
0: Convenience came first and it's stated in many documentaries of, hey, what came first? Like it, it was the quickness and effectiveness of getting c- consumers product, right? It wasn't, it wasn't, hey, we're going to make a brand, uh, each brand, you know, associated with every product that we're going to list on there. People aren't going to be aware of that. What they what they did say is like at the end of the day, consumers want stuff fast, cheap, and to get to my door um, without me getting through the process quicker. So they made those their pillars. That's what they continuously put first. And again, not a bad thing. Um, it's more yeah. how how, do, how does that evolve over time? I think they put the the bones and the structure in place. Now, maybe in theory, they're kind of going backwards and starting to build brand awareness. Um, we talked about on the podcast yesterday, actually of Now, when you make purchases of either one, um, one P or sellers or first party sellers or actual brand, um, in their, um, brand directory, you can actually have a follow function once you make a purchase from that brand itself. So it's, they're actually calling out, um, on the mobile version. At least we haven't, I haven't tested this on the desktop version of when you buy from, again, I just bought a Honeywell fan. It's sitting right there. It's super nice. Um, great product. I got it today. Um, it's keeping me cool during this podcast, but actually when I purchased on Amazon, because it was going to get here, um, uh, quicker than any buying directly from them and whatnot. And, uh, they actually said, follow Honeywell on their page. Obviously that can mean I can get push notifications through Amazon, get emails from, Hey, Honeywell's new product launches, so on and so forth. So Amazon's kind of coming back to this, uh, let's put brands at the forefront of this but is that an opportunity now for, if you built a brand off of Amazon to get them onto Amazon, is that just a market they can just clean up really quickly, um, bring their customers with them, um, introduce something of a, an idea and they can maybe clean up a a certain area. Is that, is that a fair assumption, or is that maybe not the right route to go as well?
1: No, I mean, I, it's, it's changing to your point pretty rapidly before the, the, you know, I, it's we would it's have a a lot before of,
0: the egg scenario, right? Like, what which is first, like, do you start on Amazon or do you start off with Amazon? So th- that's, I guess, my question to you, Drew.
1: Yeah, I, I look, I think it's really, really difficult to build audience on Shopify yourself, you know, I mean, we've found a niche where, you know, usually it's brands that are doing five to 50 million a year in revenue. So they've already figured out the hard part of the product market fit, okay. especially now with the Apple updates on, you know, kind of Facebook and 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 a lot of what you were able to do with like targeting and things like that. It's becoming even more expensive. So uh, I get this question all the time of like, should we, you know, should we try TikTok? Should we try Facebook? Should we try Instagram? Should we try, you know? And my answer is like, I think you want to try one, maybe two channels and just own that. Whatever really is most relevant for your brand. If you're a lifestyle product, Instagram or TikTok is probably going to be, you know, a little bit more, uh, convenient. if it's more of like something that's differentiated, you know, Google search can be great because it's, you know, kind of that intent, uh, for what you have. So the, 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 the answer is like, if you're trying to build direct to consumer out of the gate and some even try ad retail and everything else, it's just going to overwhelm you pretty fast and you're not going to be able to do it. I think Amazon does allow you, um, a, a shortcut. You don't have to worry about, um. Building the site, what it looks like. There's a template that you can do. Um, you know, they have best practices, uh, but it, you know, they're they're also going to promote competitors. You know, kind of on your listings, they're going to um, have their own products that they're going to be pushing. So I think mm-hmm. it just depends. I, I mean, I, I know that sounds like I'm punching on the answer, but I do think um, what what is your category? Doing some 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 research to see how saturated it is on Amazon, how saturated it might be you know, on, you know, kind of Facebook or Instagram or when you're doing Google searches, that's gonna be a big, you know, if you see a little bit of a, a gap on one or the other, but I, I tend to lean towards uh, Amazon as an easier way to get started. Um, Cause you can also do, you know, FBA and things like that where um, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about some of the shipping and, and kind of issues. It just goes in, it eats into your margin. So that's where the category is gonna dictate like, are you a high margin product or not? Um, you know, how competitive is the landscape? um and 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 but it i would say as a whole they give you a little bit more of a toolkit to, to start versus you know starting it directly on your own site
0: right there's not a, there's not a wrong way to start it's just how you how do you evolve with that like how do you, how do you continuously make the c- customer experience better um in product imagery um how you handle customer service how you handle your community um i thought there's a fascinating uh Fascinating way for inserts. Obviously Amazon's a little bit more, uh, str- very stringent on what you can and can't put in your product inserts. Um, there was a really cool one that actually ties back to marketing. Um, we talked about it yesterday as well on the podcast that there's now a highlight of saying, Hey, if you love our product or like the product in general, like the old way is like, give us a review on Amazon and like ranking and stuff like that this is a no, no, now, and that's how people get in trouble. Um, like falsifying, and we'll get paid for it. But what people are calling out is, hey, find us on TikTok or or post this video of you unboxing using the product on TikTok, using the hashtag uh, company XYZ or it was their own hashtag. And if your product and your views and the video actually itself reaches a certain view threshold, yeah. email us with your order ID and the video link. And we will give you $500 gift card yeah, or something like that. Yeah, like it was, yeah. nuts. it was, I, I love the idea of marketing of, Hey, make my audience obviously loyal to me, but everyone is getting a TikTok or they're testing out this stuff and everyone wants to be quote unquote famous in that regards. So doing something like that, that obviously brings brand equity, it would drive obviously hopefully traffic to that brand. TikTok's now allowing you to do uh, you know, direct and ads and, direct to products, and actually integrating with Shopify pretty recently within the last yeah. month or so. Yeah, Is that is that the new way to use your audience for you to drive repeat traffic or new traffic is kind of this crowdsourcing technique of using my Shopify store, uh, but also in conjunction to using social media to have my audience work? And there goes the micro influencer route, if you
1: I, I I think so. You know, I mean, we I think a really successful strategy and launch of this was Thrive Market, you know, the uh, the marketplace around groceries uh, for, you know, non GMO. They partnered at launch with 350 health and wellness kind of micro influencers. None of them were like really big names. Um, but what they did is. Uh, it was really cool. they now have, uh, they have more than ten people on their content team that just work now with their their micro influencers. and 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 for example, instead of just being like, "Hey, swipe up, buy, they would work with them and say, "Hey, let's write a long form blog post and say, "Hey, do you know they're finding traces of chemicals and um, uh, pesticides in your urine? Um, uh, you know now, uh, well, I choose to only buy non-gMO products. Oh, and by the way, Thrive Market is the largest producer doing that. Check them out here with this discount code. So it's a little exactly. bit, you know, of that, you know, kind of idea that they were empowering them, and they ended up actually giving them a little bit of equity and 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 things like that for for launch, and it was really really successful. What can you scale and replicate yourself? Um, I I love the idea of empowering your customers, the user generated content, um, and then you know coupled with uh, more micro influencers that uh or very specific to your vertical versus like trying to go and get a kardashian or whatever that is just it, one it's not it's really so funny how
0: everyone uses a kardashian as an influencer like that's the always go-to is like use micro influencers but not a kardashian when she the <laughs> every ever that's the always go to like i don't know I, I wouldn't even be able to come up with another person and be like maybe unless i went to the sports realm like there is no other person that's built their again audience correct me if i'm wrong if you're listening to this le- Go ahead and post this on our comments. What other person is there that, with so much influence, that doesn't come from sports world? That or like, a, I guess, a celebrity of movie or TV fame that has become an influencer? Maybe what, like a Jake Paul or yeah. something of that regards, like a YouTube or and it, now nowadays you're actually seeing influencers. Becoming TV stars because of that audience—they just want the eyeballs—and it, it's so fascinating. Like this, this trend of how quickly it became—you um, know—how we've tapped into these people of, of promoting products, um, using as a resource. But it—it's always been around in just different ways, right? You saw—you uh, used to see actors and actresses smoking, and it would always be like Marble Man or, or whatever yeah. that might be. Like, there's other ways that they would have influence. This just seems so. It goes so deep and like the passion is real. And if I'm showing up at this locale and you're in Miami, their audience of a hundred thousand people are going to show up or something crazy like that. Like there's this wave of strength and brand and uh, personality. That's really hard to, to shot, you know, how, how it became about, but, I mean, so that's a different topic and podcast, uh, but uh, from, so Drew, since you're, you're involved in the Shopify community very well, um, what tools maybe, uh, if, I'm, if I'm kind of lost or I'm still trying to grow that brand, I'm doing well on Amazon, i want to have this other source of building audience out there. Is there a tool or like resources that I can tap into to maybe like help me along the journey or would help me with those conversion rates, um, helping people just buy easier and get me started?
1: um well i mean uh, obviously a, a s- promotional but I, I i do a weekly newsletter um just on our uh, blog talking about uh, we'll have e-commerce insight every single week oh, perfect. We talk about a uh, a brand in the space or a tool that we're using that we've had a lot of success with so you just go to consult uh, com. you'll see our our pop up and you can you know subscribe right there and uh you know we have about 3000 subscribers now so it's still small but uh you know we're uh, it's it's gotten really great engagement and really good feedback. So uh, that that's something you know really simple. I think uh, a couple other people in the space do an incredible job. Um, you know there's one called uh, Nick Sharma. Uh, he's got a really active newsletter as well uh, that that I recommend. And two uh, p m web Web Smith is another uh, great, great resource. Uh, and then Lean Lux is more if you're like a luxury, Trying to kind of figure things out. He he has a really uh, great newsletter as well. So a couple of people just to follow in the space that I think do a really good job um, and you know run like the thought leadership and and and, and things like that. Um, and then you know from a technology, yeah, Shopify obviously they're the um, they're you know just doing so many incredible things. On the communication side, Clavio, I, I do think is best in class if you're an e-commerce brand. Um, they have so many like templates and guides on how to build these emails and what to do and best practices, uh, they take out a lot of the, um, that gray area that you might not know. Um, and then, you know, I think looking at reviews and things like that, there's a bunch of other, you know, there's like a Kendo or Yapo or stamped. Um, those are usually the the main ones. Um, but reviews is going to be really important. And, and so, you know, I, I think if you have those three and you got like Google analytics, you're you're well 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 you're, you know kind you're of good. up to the yeah um, uh, you know the the last one I'd probably add is if you have a subscription business or you're looking at adding that you probably want like a recharge or something like that to be able to manage the transactions, some of the
0: communication, and, and and things too. Yeah, we talked about subscriptions and how that industry is just very much growing. Um, a week or yeah. two ago, with one of our guests, and that that seems like a a, a very nice cornerstone of a business that so lots of businesses and brands will constantly be tapping into here in the next, you know, five years or so. I, th- I think that's, I mean, you see it just with non uh, streaming services, but also just some products. I love it when people always like getting product product in mail, like it's the new, like I love getting mail, like people used to not <laughs> like getting mail. I hate yeah. getting mail, but I like getting packages. So it's kind of one of those things of like opening stuff every now and then, and uh, getting to your doorstep. But yeah, in the final minutes, we have you drew uh uh, it's kind of like, the event side of things. I'm not personally as well versed in in terms of events of like education um, in terms of uh, with Shopify. Um, I think that in the Amazon community that I come from and ingrained with, there's always those like really easy ones to get more information on and learn about. Is there, is there any kind of like events or we talked about resources is there like in person events or networking or thought leadership? Uh, things that are going on like as, as a world Slowly start to open back up and have these events again. Are there ones that you have to attend or you're going to like no matter what, clear the schedule? I'm going there.
1: Um you know, in the in this time it's it's been pretty challenging. So there's a lot more like webinars. Uh Clavio puts on a ton of content. We we did a a co-marketing, like a webinar with them around SMS and the value and how to get that started. Uh, you know, that that I thought was pretty good. Uh, Shopify. You know the main people in the space are are doing things. There's, I know you're familiar with like the Retail X um, yep. uh, in in Chicago. We were there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that on one of your prior podcasts. So it's you know I think, um, you know, and then there's if you're in the food and beverage space, there's like Expo West, um, which a ton of you know vendors, brands, like all kinds of things, um, and you know, I, I geek out festivals in San Diego. Is, is 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 really good um uh but yeah i, I would just tracking, yeah like this yeah, is the trafficking business.
0: conversions just happened uh in san diego as well which i heard yeah. He's
1: doing. yeah um chase diamond he has a competitive like an email marketing agency but I, he puts out a ton of great great content he's got templates to use he's doing a black friday uh you know summit with some of the the leaders in the space um his uh his agency is called boundless labs and i think he, he's just he's out there you know sharing tons and tons of information that's really valuable so yeah there, there's some great i would say like cheerleaders in the space that um just give so much information away for free uh which is great you know i think it just helps more people get started more people launching their own site um and and not make it quite as intimidating as it, as it really can be
0: Right, and and my final question for us today in this episode is, uh, what what's kind of like your focus like for for a tip of going into Q four? I think today is the day. I think I counted hundred days till Christmas. We have this, <laughs> this window of like, right? I had this. I I told my guest yesterday, I have this spider sense. I have this tingling sensation that it's it's around that magical like hundred days countdown. Like, hey, everyone, start to freak out because Q four is almost here. What, what what's that focus that? entrepreneurs should be really focused on. I think as the holiday season is going to continue to elongate, there's so many different things in terms of what they have to focus on of uh, supplies, logistics and things like that. Just getting inventory there. Um, and then of course, like paid media, all these things things they have to worry about to make sure that they can get as many sales as possible for Q4, what are the things that you're um, educating and telling people really focus on and hone in on this?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, it's kind of funny. I'm actually doing a panel on uh, Tuesday uh, to get prepared for like Black Friday. Um, there's going to be about 300 e-commerce companies on there, and it's uh, with FlexPoint, which does a lot of like the end integration for like supply and logistics, and then um, uh, I think Shapiro is the second. So it's like figuring out these different things. Like, what do you need to think about for like supply? What do you need to think logistics, inventory? And then obviously I'm handling everything on the marketing side. And so what I can touch on, um, don't, don't discount gift cards as one as, as it seems really simple. And, and then the, also the, the utilization of like wish lists, um, not only, uh, you know, say you're getting closer and closer where the cutoff date for Christmas delivery is happening and you can't get the product last minute gift ideas of like gift cards are amazing, um, to still 100%. drive revenue for your, for your brand and to re-engage. Those lists in Q1 to get like a really good start to 2022 and the year. Same with wish lists, like it's just they're giving you data and information to be able to use to communicate with them and and kind of put that in place. Um, be overly overly transparent with any type of shipping delays, um, you know, out of stock. Um, nothing's going to frustrate a customer more than like landing on your page ready to purchase and then it's out of stock. Um, get right. ahead of that or. Purchase it. You don't get ahead of it, and they don't get the product in time for Christmas or Thanksgiving or a birthday. Uh, yeah. I think brands like just get really nervous and they get a little scared, and they want to put their head in the sand and just be like, "Hope for the best." Uh, we we advocate, you know, to to get ahead of that. Be really overly communicative with uh, your your customers, and you can take a bad experience or a negative experience and turn it into something really positive because you've you know been really transparent and open. Maybe you deliver it sooner, and then you get surprise and delight, and, and 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 things like that.
0: Yeah, I was always the advocate of let's create a shipping table of hey, if you're ordering here, let us make sure people know like this is expected la like, expectations like worst case, this is what you can expect it. So order now uh, on our brand side. So it's always offer the free shipping, but it's not free shipping. It's always economy shipping. Everyone, you got to realize it's going to take like less priority. So. um like, what are those options available? Like overnight shipping, you're going to pay a little bit more. Gift cards are always good to like lay up. Like you mentioned too, of, Hey, last second idea is buy a gift card. Like I know Amazon even does that. Like, uh, on their last second holidays, like last two days, three days, it's like buy a gift card. Like duh, dude, you're going to buy something <laughs> from Amazon. Like just buy a gift card from us or that you get, I think when you men- mentioned the discount, like don't do things like buy a hundred, get them 10. Or are you telling right. people do do, do that?
1: no oh, no no yeah to to not like i i, I think yeah. um yeah just be give away yeah, money yeah i don't think so and the gift cards are i mean what is it like seventy percent um actually get used so it is like you know starbucks has like 1.6 billion in unused gift cards on their balance sheet uh, that they it's just insane you know so yeah. it's uh uh it, it's an easy way make it available see what they think and and
0: and are able to do there's a stat on that and just a funny fact of uh, I believe I saw it on LinkedIn and again I have to validate the, the fact but with the gift cards and because there's money on it, our Starbucks is considered one of the larger banks because of all the on hand cash they have in their ecosystem in just their app alone because it's money that actually they they control and you're redeeming it for their own goods. So again, if you were to equate that to a bank, it actually is bigger than some of the bigger banks in the world that have cash on hand. So stuff like that blows my mind in the terms of the gift card world but that being said drew thank you so much again for hopping on i think there's so much valuable insight that you shared with us today and in terms of conversion rates and just the easy stuff that it is to get those lifts it seems like there's a lot of great tactics and uh even on the podcast i subscribe to the newsletter it's super easy to do so if people are looking to hop on and do that just go to consultpcr.com. P- uh, of course, check out and subscribe to the newsletter. The The pop-up was non-invasive and went to the, even the bottom of the page and just threw it in real quick. So super easy to sign up. So thanks so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce and uh, now friend of the show. Uh, we will make sure, obviously, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, I, I know my LinkedIn's there. It's, you know, uh, pretty easy. I, I just launched mole, nervous to even say anything. But if you're thinking about community, you talked about events. I, I just launched... Uh, DrewHimmel.com and and my first post on you know seven easy ways to build your network from scratch. I've been so fortunate to have all these incredible experiences, meet so many interesting people. So a little bit of the blueprint that I applied there, uh, so you can follow along. Uh, I'm going to be blogging, you know, kind of weekly, in in addition to the newsletter. So uh, you know, check that out. And then yeah, LinkedIn is usually a pretty easy way. I'm usually posting you know different content there as well. But no, I, I it was a fun conversation, Ryan. I I really appreciate you having me on and. Yeah, definitely can tell you You come from the space where you're able to get, uh, you know, uh, nerd out a little bit uh, in terms of uh, not just superficial, but get into some of the down and dirty, which is great. It's
0: the best part of my day, Drew, is is when I get to talk to like-minded people in the space and uh, we get to, like I said, nerd out on, on a forum like this. Again, I learned something. I know our listeners are learning something as always from our guests. So, of course, now I call them the friends of the show. You're always welcome to hop on again and give us some more insights. And congrats on all the success and the growth. and uh, we'll be following along and uh, you know, good luck in the rest of Q or Q4 when that launches and with the rest of your businesses. I have your website up, man. It looks good. It's But uh, Drew, <laughs> uh, So uh, I'll be following along on that as well. So uh, thank you again so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Really appreciate it. Yeah. No problem.
0: Thanks, Drew. Again, everyone, that is Drew Himmel of uh, PCR. Again, you want to make sure you follow them, uh, him on LinkedIn, but then also uh, go to consultpcr.com and then subscribe to the newsletter to get more information about building your Shopify store, some tips and tricks. And again, today was all about um, growing that conversion rate and how to optimize it. Again, optimization, the keyword there of you do, you know what you do, you're do well, You're, you know your product, you know your audience. Let's take that to the next level. Let's make that enhance. Let's get some lift on those uh, numbers of sales those revenues, those little hanging fruit, if you will, and utilize those tips that we learned from Drew today and apply them to our business moving forward. That being said, again, this is episode 154 of Crossover Commerce. Loved having you guys on and listening to the show today. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. We're actually going to be talking with uh, episode 155, a little teaser here, We're going to how to create high conversion Amazon imagery with Ian Bauer of Graphic Rhythm. That's going to be super exciting uh, on a Friday. I like to have a lot of fun on Friday. Just get really deep and dive on Amazon images, Amazon video as well, Um, and more of the integrate, again, converting. This is the theme this week is conversion. Uh, A lot of great stuff that's happening in the space and how we can just optimize those things as well. We'll catch you guys next time. Again, this is Crossover Commerce. I'm Ryan Kramer, your host of Crossover Commerce. Take care, everyone.